Hello and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. We are coming to you after Liverpool did one of those things that they do, which is shed off this horrendous manifestation of shitness that has plagued us all season and become like the unbelievable best version of ourselves. We've seen it against Bournemouth, we've seen it against Rangers, we've seen it against Manchester United, and now we saw it against Leeds. Um, I've got Johnny in Belfast, I've got Chief in Johnny Gall, I presume, Chief, yeah? That's still Belfast. Still oh, strong. still Belfast, right, okay. Yeah. We'll chat after this then. Chief, um, it sounded a, it sounded a whole lot more uh, like a like a more global podcast when we used to say Chief in Berlin. You know, I know. <laughs> and Dave Tarn in Brazil. Yeah, proper had had a the proper the global now, but now we've gone yeah. just to provincial Donegal Belfast. <laughs> yeah, and you're in Belfast, Johnny. Yeah, I am a Donegal man living in Belfast. Yeah, look, so you're in Belfast now. So we're probably within. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. We're probably within like a three mile radius of each other. I would say so. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get past we'll, we'll get past the colloquial the colloquial nature of where we are. Um, Chief. Um, yeah, we go to Leeds. It's a game we feel like we should win. They got banged the week before by Palace, but you look at the games away against sides in the bottom half and. Not not only do we not win, we don't score goals. And then all of a sudden, just bang, 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 bang. Um yeah, just absolutely on top of our game. Lethal, clinical, take all of our chances. Not sure the keeper makes a save before 80 minutes. So yeah, um it was something resembling what we know, and I'm not sure whether that is a week in the training ground. I'm not sure whether that is maybe a week's rest without the intensity. I'm not sure whether that is just maybe having a, just that, you know, sometimes these things just click overnight. Um, I don't know. What do you think? It was fun nonetheless. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's probably a combination of things. I mean, We'll have taken a lot of confidence from how we came back into the game against Arsenal. And I'm sure the dressing room will be taking a lot of heart from, from players coming back into the first team, into the fold, into the action with um, the likes of Jota being back, the likes of Diaz being back now and ready and ready for games. Bobby Firmino being back, options being there. Curtis Jones has come in and, and done really well. Over the last three, three, four games, I think he started in a row from absolutely nowhere, and you know, the difference is 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 quite well. It's, it's quite obvious, you know, his performance in the most recent game against Leeds in comparison with his, his first out and what was it? Um, probably couldn't even tell you who it was against. Maybe against Bournemouth um, was uh, was was palpable, you know. Um, so there are a lot of things sort of sort of coming together. Um, I think having said that, I wasn't that convinced by us in the first half an hour, to be fair. And sitting watching it at half an hour, I was thinking, why are Leeds sort of sitting off us so much? Because I'd seen them play 
I'd seen the, I'd seen the, the highlights of the Palace game on Match of the Day, and I know sometimes Match of the Day doesn't really give you the, you know, a very good um, overview of what's actually happened. But by all accounts, and I've heard, you know, on podcasts since, um, pundits and, and journalists recalling it, that they absolutely battered Palace in the first half last week and peppered them. And uh, we're really un- unfortunate not to go in at least a couple of goals up. I think the Palace keeper, Sam Johnston, had an absolute wonder day, like game of his life. Um, and then they conceded a goal right at the end of the first half, I think. And then second half absolutely collapsed, came out and just, just collapsed. So I was surprised that they didn't sort of have a bit of a go like, like they'd had in the first half last week. They sort of sat off us. But, you know, that worked out to our to our benefit because the thing we managed to do was ride our luck a little bit and, and stick the ball in the fucking net. And goals change games. And that's massive and something we haven't been really doing enough. We've done it in gluts this season, but there have been so many so many games where we haven't managed to, to get the breakthrough or we haven't scored enough. And it's just like, just stick it in the net where we haven't been clinical. We haven't, you know, taken our chance. And you don't have to be brilliant if you can score goals. You don't always have to be brilliant. If you've got the knack of sticking the ball in the net, it covers up a lot of fucking other areas. So sometimes you can, and, and often you can get away with it. Um, so I think that sort of, those two goals, bang, as you said, bang, bang, in the sort of, what was it, 35 to 40, 35th to 40th, or 33 and, and, and 37 or, or something like that, they were so quick together. So close together, sorry, and teams rarely recover from that, and and that gave us a lot of confidence. And even despite the early concession in the second half, we we just went on and, and steamrolled them. So um, it was nice to see, really was. Yeah, Johnny Chief makes makes a point there, which uh, which kind of resonated with me. You, you don't you don't have to be good to score goals. Um, and I think people do forget sometimes. <laughs> Whenever we're winning all those trophies, there's a lot of games we're not very good, but we managed to keep the ball out one end and stick it in the net in the other end. Um, and it's an underrated skill, um, an underrated attribute. The first half an hour, Chief's not convinced. I actually am convinced, and I kind of feel like it's it's what he what he says is that we're maybe not very good if it if we're talking about creating chances and being inventive and but I did see a lot of just standard good practice and good behaviors in the pitch the pressing the intensity the energy the structure um just the general positioning and the counter press people dropping into the right positions and like this might sound really simple but like just running back a lot a la, you know, the second goal when Jota does what he does, wins that tackle, he's no right to win and 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 sets us away and springs Salah free. So I don't know what your thoughts are. Did you see something different maybe that you maybe hadn't seen in a while? Or is this another one of those false dawns that we've had? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the truth is we don't know if it's a, a false dawn or not. Um and that, you know, we had a good chat in my pre-pod and I think we're all pretty much agreed that, you know, four of the next five games are at home and we'd expect to win at the weekend. But West Ham away, you know, if this season goes to form, 
that's the kind of game where we'll not show up and lose 1-0. <laughs> so uh, I think we need to get through that before we think about it. But in terms of the game itself, I sort of agree with both of you in that I can agree that we looked to, to, to what you were saying, Dave. We were on it. You know, we did look lively and we did look bright. And there was a... You know, there was an authority about us, I thought, and that we, we, we looked on it and we really moved the ball. You know, we took control of the game and dominated the ball. That being said, I also get where where, where Chief's coming from and that we we didn't really look like um, creating anything at all. You know, there was a lot of sideways, ponderous, you know, but aimless side to side. Um, they stood off us and made it very easy for us really to keep the ball, but... But we looked, you know, we looked sharp. We looked like we were, were hungry for the ball without creating a whole lot. Then we had that little bit of a break, you know, the ricochet. I, I really don't understand the rules <laughs> rules of handball anymore. You know, that ricochet we tried. I was and absolutely astounded when they couldn't believe it. That. Couldn't believe it. Well, genuinely couldn't believe it, Stu. Just seen the replay and went, oh, well, it's no, no. And and then it wasn't. It was one well. Um, and that was a stroke of luck and from there um, you know we went on and we, we finished our chances I will caveat it with this um, to temper uh, I don't like being like a, a doom monger or anything but I watch a lot of Leeds um, with my dad um, because he's a Leeds fan and Leeds are absolutely terrible they're atrocious and I, I did watch the game against Palace Chief that you were talking about and yeah they did you know there's no doubt they were really pumped for that game in the first half and they created a couple of you know a few really good chances you know they, they definitely could have two or three goals in the first half but by the same token some of their defending from set pieces it was absolutely no surprise when when, yeah. when Palace Johnny, scored I don't, I don't disagree with you Johnny but what I would say just to counteract your argument is there's a lot of shit teams that we have gone away to this season and looked like a gang of fellas who have walked out on a council pitch on Sunday morning, hungover from the night before. <laughs> no, I'm not denying that. I, like I know we haven't, you know, we haven't. There, there's a lot of weak teams in the league. It's not a good league, but I do think Leeds are one of these teams that I mean, they shipped five goals at home to fucking Crystal Palace, like Roy Hodgson, Crystal Palace. You know, so the, there's. There's just been something badly broken there. They 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 really can. They've just had it in them to collapse at Ellen Road completely. So listen, I don't want to take anything away. We looked, we played some brilliant football. It was lovely to watch. We cut them to ribbons. There were great goals, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and and it should absolutely act as a confidence boost to do that away from home to a bottom half team, which is something we haven't been doing. Um, but we really now need to back it up, especially away from home. Um, is is what I'd say. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's that that that's exactly the state of state of affairs where we find ourselves in right now. Chief, let's have a wee chat about Trent. Um, there's been loads of debate around. Oh, let's get him into midfield. Um, and we all understand, you know, the the benefits behind doing that. Um, but we all also understands the impact that's going to have on the right back position and essentially how we play. Klopp seems to have found a way kind of Guardiola John Stones style to figure out 
a scenario where he can do both. Um, he still will play as a right back as far as when you <laughs> roll out the graphics and formations before a game. And there's no one playing right back in place of him. But we've seen him drift in field before. But that was the first time that it looked so contrived and so purposeful where he was so central. You could see it from the first 10 minutes. I think I messaged in the first, maybe even the first five minutes. Look how narrow he is. And he is almost playing as a double six um, along with, I think it was, it was, it was Henderson. No, it was Fabinho, wasn't it? Yeah. And allows Henderson and Curtis to get forward then. So, I don't know, is, is is this where we are? Is this the future? Um, or was it kind of game-specific, do you think? Um, well, I think the potential's always been there, and we've talked about it before. And I think, you know, amongst Liverpool fans, it's not a, it's not a secret that um, Trent's had the potential to, to, to become our best player. To, to essentially dictate games um, with his passing range. And, you know, it seems to be, you know, there'd be talk forever that he would graduate, essentially, for want of a better word, from this right-back position and, and move further forward. I mean, bear in mind that he spent his entire youth career playing much further forward. Uh, and was only trained to play right back as a route into the first team in the first place. So more of his footballing career up to this point, albeit not in the Liverpool first team, has been spent further forward, has been spent in, in midfield. So I see it, 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 it is a natural progression. It's something that none of us are surprised by. And it is, is also in keeping with the, with the times, um, with what sort of is happening with at Arsenal and what's happening at City and so on with uh, Zinchenko playing in there and then John Stones bizarrely sort of playing that role in a way for, for City. Um, I mean, I heard a stat earlier. I think he, I, th- I mean, I might be slightly off, but I think he completed 127 passes. I think it's his most, the, the one thing that I definitely remember is that uh, it's, it's his most ever um, in a Liverpool shirt. Uh, he creates what two is it three two or three goals he creates um, so he's massively involved he's he's running the show um, Kanate seems to be the one sort of tasked with 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 covering right back as well um, with for the for the balls over the top and stuff and and that worked worked really well last night obviously Leeds were. You know, as Johnny mentioned, Leeds are poor, and and they were poor, um, certainly for for the second half yesterday. And you know, we have to see it game in, game game out, um, and and see how it all sort of transpires. But I don't think it's any surprise that um, we're seeing him move into into this position, and uh, we we should if while he can run the game from right back, brilliant. But um, if we can put him to better use further forward and make him even more lethal, then then that's what you do. I mean, Steve Gerrard started off at right back, didn't he? Um, and and eventually ended up, you know, playing much further forward and and being the linchpin of a team for almost a generation. So, 
we could, you know, hopefully we'll not need to be so reliant on on one player again in the future and we're building around. But Trent, Trent's certainly a talent um, you can build around and build a team around. So, um, yeah, um, it's it's an ongoing process, but it's certainly the direction of travel, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. Um, Johnny, I think this is, it's all well and good, but you can see the influence he has on the game generally. And when he's more central, he can do that. It was weird. You can see the benefits of it because the first goal he creates, which is the first goal, is very much what you would expect Trent right back to do. Press is high, one two with Salah, gets in behind, slides across a perfect cross, and it's a tap at the back post. Absolutely trademark Trent. The second goal is God, he's he's so central. Beautiful clip to to Darwin, who takes a great first great first and second touch and just slots it. Um but I think what we need to understand and recognize here is there's a key component in enabling Trent to do that, and that is Ibu Kanate. If he is not fit and available, then that makes that tactical approach much more risky. Yeah, I'd say that's fair, Dave. Um, the, the thing Kanate has is he's, he's got real physicality, he's got real pace and there was a number of occasions where he got himself out to that channel and he just shut down the the danger um, so I agree, you know if if you had um, Joel Maddup there, for example, he doesn't quite have that, have the same attributes as him um, certainly physically or like pace wise um, you, you'd wonder about it I, th- I thought it was interesting, I mean I think one of the things that we have to say is like some people were talking about like Trent popping up in these areas, like you know, this is a whole revelation thing. And like we've seen Trent come in field when Liverpool have been in their pomp and 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 doing this as well. But I think what was noticeable is, and I think you, you we were talking about it, weren't we, Dave, early in the game when we were in the WhatsApp? It was it was just noticeable from the get go how narrow he was and how involved he was and. You know this. This may be a this. This may be a, a a look at you know what City do, what Arsenal do with with that element of control you can get for your fullback. The thing is, as a deep lying playmaker, I mean, Trent's attributes are absolutely uh, they're absolutely perfect for it. Is is range of passing? Is 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 execution? You know, play and every type of pass. You know, it's, it's he can clip a ball down the line. He can wait those through balls, thread that ball down the line to Salah, which we've seen him do so many times. But I think you see with the Darwin goal that vision he has as well infield. You know, he's he's obviously played midfield all through his his career in the youth teams at Liverpool, so he's comfortable in them positions, picking up the ball and turning. I mean, I've always been dead against playing him in midfield for the reason that. He was one of the most influential players in the world <laughs> and uh, one of the best players and the most effective players we had in 
one of our best ever teams playing at right back and doing most of his damage on that right hand flank. So I was like, of the view, why would you possibly want to tinker with that? But I think it's the evolution of, you know, the 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 team and what they're looking at. They're they're obviously looking at can we be a bit more um stable because I, I think after the game as well, Carragher put a few clips together where he showed the Arsenal game and he actually showed you know, when Robertson was going forward, how Trent and Canadi and Fabinho were sort of really setting themselves to sort of provide protection in case we, in case the attack didn't uh, work out. And this was the one where uh, Curtis Jones did the back heel to Robertson. Do you remember for the Salah goal that made it 2-1? So it, it's an interesting one. I'm keen to see how it evolves. Um, it'll be interesting to see what way he plays. Um against Forest, although I think I, I tend to think that will be quite a similar game because much like Leeds, they're going to sit very, very deep. You know, they're going to look to hit us on the break with Brennan Johnson, Gibbs White, and using their pace. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, especially in the West Ham game away, if we if we try the same thing. But yeah, I think Trent's fantastic. And maybe we've decided, let's see less of them defend them. <laughs> and let's try and keep the ball more and play to his strengths and see where it takes us. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, it's well, again, we'll see, we'll see. Um, exactly. Chief, yeah, Chief. There's been a lot of chat around Diogo Jota. Um, there's people ready to just drag him out into the street and put him on a fucking stall somewhere. <laughs> Um, and just see what you can get for him um, and go and reinvest it in the canteen. Um, 30-something games without a goal, it's over a year. And I think we fail to remember the player that he was and how clinical he was. I think sometimes we fail to remember that that year, there's significant injuries in there um, which stall him. But Klopp's persisted over the last few weeks and he ha- and like, yeah, for the first half an hour it just looked like he was as far from a footballer as you could imagine a footballer would look like and then he gets the goal and everything seems to change I have a lot of time for this player and I don't know where your thoughts are at the minute but there seems to be a significant portion of the fan base that would be happy to go 40 million, take it, let's get it somewhere else. I think there's still something in there that we can absolutely take advantage of. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think he's, he, it's no, it's no, um, no secret. He had two pretty bad injuries, didn't he? And we, we sort of rushed him back a bit and then over, you know, overstressed him on his return and he, he, the injuries almost came back to back, didn't they? Um, can't remember the game it was now, but we, um, I think we even played him in in the extra time, perhaps, and um, he he got injured right at the very end of the game, um, and that was him out again for 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 how long? So, I think it was certainly premature to to, to think about selling him, but I I can see sort of where the sentiment uh, is coming from, particularly given the the shite season we've had and 
the fact that we we know we need a, a major major rebuild and there are people who are worried we quote unquote don't have the money although that's pure bullshit because we we've got plenty and uh, the question will just be whether they decide to spend to spend it or not and whether they've got the targets lined up but the money's there um yeah i mean the the goal obviously have to be mentioned there but i mean he plays a massive part in 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 setting up salah obviously he makes salah's first goal um i think he, he probably got a lot from that because it's finished for i mean obviously melier makes it very easy for his first goal you know i just watched it back uh just before coming on and Melier doesn't cover himself in glory for for many of the goals, notwithstanding they're all good finishes. But um, you know uh, he's not exactly um, covering his net particularly well, um, or covering his angles particularly well. But um, John has a great game after the first half an hour, and I think I said when I was chatting earlier, I wasn't convinced by any of us in in the first half an hour, let much less so than than you were. Um, but once we once we get that we break and I think that the handball is obviously a debatable one. It does strike his arm, but it's not deliberate, and it's so far back that because it it hasn't been given by the ref, then VAR decide that you know they don't need to disallow it, they don't need to to to, to overrule the referee and give the handball there. Or I'm not even sure if they can because it is so far back. You know they changed that rule. So now, if it, if there's any kind of touch off the guy who puts it into the net, then it's handball no matter what, even if it's the most accidental and, and the slightest of touches. But a handball it's in, so the, strange. in the build-up so of the strange. goal is not going to be punished, which is mental. Yeah, I know. But then, but then, but then, it almost it makes me think if if that is the rule where if it's in the build-up to the goal, it doesn't count. Why did they even look at it? Do you know? Yeah, well, and, it's, well, and it's probably see, it's probably four, five touches, four touches maybe, and the ball's in the back of the net from that happening. Oh, I listen. Don't get me wrong. It's if 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 the ball doesn't hit Trent's arm there, well, perhaps it hits his side, but it probably ricochets sideways and not in front of him. Um, so we probably don't get the goal. So of course it's it's integral or instrumental in in our scoring that goal, but at the same time that's the fucking rule, <laughs> which is mental. You know, if the ref doesn't give it, and the handball isn't committed by the player that actually sticks the ball in the net, then VAR won't give it, and that's it's happened a few times. Like it's it's not the first time. Um, that is the rule, and as ridiculous as, as it is, but um. But anyway, from from that moment on, from from I think it's two minutes later, we score the second, and Jota creates it, and from then on, he's 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 like I said earlier, one one of our best players, if not the best player on the pitch. Um, he's he's instrumental in Salah's second. Is it Salah's? Yes, yeah, Salah's second, which is the best goal of the lot. He uh, scores another goal himself, which is a, a bit of a shinner, but it's you know flies in the bottom corner. And um, he looks absolutely back now. So you know, smart money's on him to stick the ball in the net again next time he next time he's on the pitch, because that's what he does. Yeah, it is what he does. John the slaughter. We all we all know it. It will happen. Johnny, another player that's divided opinion, and I find this really strange. Um, is Curtis Jones 
we've hardly seen him all season. I think it was his fourth start, but he has started the last three. And I think I thought he played well. I, people were telling me he wasn't good, but I, I thought he was. I thought he was good. Thought he was good in possession. Thought he was good out of possession. His assist is absolutely superb. Um, and he works hard. He puts his shift in. I think he's tactically. I do think he's tactically aware. Um, I think two things hinder Curtis Jones, and <laughs> neither of them are the fact that he is is a local boy. I think that. The first one is that we saw him come through as a very exciting sort of attacking midfielder, number 10, if you will. But we were expecting to conjure magic out of nothing. And let's be honest, in a in a grown-up Jurgen Klopp Liverpool, not a, not a third-round FA Cup Liverpool, in a grown-up Jurgen Klopp Liverpool, that, that position, that option doesn't exist for a player to operate in that manner and the second thing is there seems to be this thing that if we if we say Curtis Jones is good it's an excuse not to buy another midfielder we can we can hope and want and think that Curtis Jones is good and it doesn't mean that we don't have to go out and buy a load of midfielders you know so people maybe need to understand that as well I don't know what are your thoughts on on Jones yeah, he really does. He divides opinion a lot, doesn't he? He Jones is he's really, really talented. Uh, I think you're hundred percent right. I mean, that's that's a real good observation. That that the way Liverpool evolved under Klopp, which became two fullbacks that played incredibly important parts of attack and play. A work and Johnny, this kind of started. This kind of started with. You know the the difficulty with with Klopp trying to find a place for Coutinho if it wasn't left hand side of the front three. Yeah, and and Jones is probably as similar in positionally that you would you would find in our squad in relation to what Coutinho would do. Yeah, same similar type of player likes to do similar things with the ball as well, doesn't he? The way he manipulates the ball and moves and. Yeah, exactly. And I think the team evolved in a way that became about the fullbacks, a workman like midfield. You know, you've got a, a high energy runner, you've got Fabinho as 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 your shield, you've got you you've you've got Genie, Genie Wijnaldum closing the spaces and the, the, none of them are anything resembling Curtis Jones. For what it's worth, I think Jones is really talented. I think at times I've I've been a wee bit puzzled why he hasn't played more if I'm honest because I've looked at the midfield and I've looked at you know sometimes we're starting games with Milner and you know Henderson's been out of form for quite a while in my opinion um, and, and, I've, and I've thought there's a place for him I think he's really talented I think he's really he, he's young um, some people have really made their mind up about him but I think he's seen in the last few games I mean uh, I mean, okay, it's a small, it's a small, narrow period of time. It's a, as a body of evidence from their couple of games. But if you look at the at the Arsenal game, I thought he, I thought he was really good in that game. Um, I thought he struggled like all the team did in the first half hour. But he's pivotal when we get back into it um, with that first goal when Salah 
converts when you know he carries the ball, he waits, he's very clever. It's a lovely back heel into Robertson and the overlap creates the goal. Um and you know, he, he was good. I I agree with you. I thought he was good in and out of possession. And obviously, I mean the game the goal that really decides the game is the Jada goal to make it three one. I think we can all agree on that because we were two 0 up. Kanadi has a has a howler. We Sinistera scores. We're all a bit nervous, thinking, "Oh fuck, here we go again." Start of the half, we've been caught napping, just like City. Uh, watch now, you know, Leeds go on and, and get an equaliser, and we'll be hanging on. Um, but the third goal, it's it's a really really good pass. I mean, there, there looked to be an easier pass on the Salah, but he just takes that pass on with his with, with his left foot, I think, as well, wasn't it? Um, and it, maybe it wasn't his left foot, maybe in mind, but, but it was just, it was no, beautifully weighted. It was his right, he plays it around the corner, he just, perfect. And it, it decides the game. So, yeah, I think there's a place for him. I think with, with, with Ox going, with Naby going, with James Milner maybe going, or, you know, certainly Milner, count him, you know, I have no problem with, I still agree with what you say, Dave, we can buy plenty of midfielders, um, absolutely. But there's a place for Curtis Jones, and there's a lot of games um, that uh, Curtis Jones is still valuable in. And I hope he can push on now. I think he's a real confidence player as well. And I think that bit of trust against Arsenal, and that will do him no harm. And I expect him to start at the weekend as well. So, yeah, um, there's a place for him, in my opinion. Yeah, Chief, Jones is an interesting one. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting that he started ahead of Harvey Elliott the last couple of games. Um, I know that Elliott has had a knock, but up until the last two, maybe three games, Elliott's been the only player that has participated in every game for us this season. So I think that's interesting. I also feel like we. Feel to recognise or, or remember that Jones is only like 18 months old, older than Harvey Elliott. We seem to feel like there's a massive age, like he's 24, 25 or something. He's not. He's just turned 22, do you know? Um, and if we think about the age that we sign players um, and players that join us and take that next developmental leap, they're probably doing... At 22, what Curtis Jones is doing now, except not at a massive club, you know, and he's he's what he's he's played. I don't know, nearly a hundred games for Liverpool, um, and he's been trusted in big games. He scored goals in big games. Away to Ajax is one that springs to mind. So I don't know. I feel like we can use his attributes in that midfield, and it might not be. This season, next season, the season after, but you might find it might be better off Liverpool hanging on to him. Or do you say, I don't know, Villa like him? Let's take 20, 25 million and see what we can do with that. <laughs> I mean, it depends what you're doing in the midfield, ultimately, um, and who you're buying, who you're bringing in, what your long term plan is for that. But um, there's no reason why. There can't be a place for him at the club as a as a very very useful squad player um, and a very reliable one at that. The question is, do you want to 
you know, is is that a, one? Is it enough for 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 Curtis Jones? Two, um, is it the the best value you can sort of get for that money, or are you are you better off um, taking a, an offer at some point? Um, but I think the the thing with him is for supporters, it's been difficult to know where he stood within the hierarchy because, like you said, he he's been superseded by by Elliot now, um, seemingly in in the the pecking order. Um, but I don't know how much of that has been down to injuries because he's been pretty unlucky with those. Apparently he's had some, or he has some bizarre bone injury or infection that, um, or condition, I suppose is the word that, um, means he has to take complete rest every fourth day or something. He can't train or play a game, you know, sort of on the, on the fourth day of, of, of a cycle. Um, so I heard that on on a podcast recently. Um, so that's a bit mad. That 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 could also have something to do with it. But it's it's just not knowing because he's you know he's been around in and around the first team squad for what is it now three seasons four seasons, um, and he never quite sort of kicked on. We we have molded him or seemingly been trying to mold him into into more of a uh, a club style midfielder, you know doing the pressing and and sort of um, playing being tactically aware and sort of taking away as was alluded to earlier the the sort of more instinctive kind of you know fancy Dan number 10 style um, player that that he was a bit more um, coming through the youth the youth team Um, so as you say, he's 22. There's there's plenty of time, and and maybe if you know they find a way to manage this injury or this this condition, or perhaps he's he's getting over it or something, and and you know he can get back to being a, being 100 percent there, basically, then this could be this could be sort of the the beginning of his of his Liverpool career proper, but at the same time, you're just not quite sure if that's the case, and if 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 you go out and spend what it is rumoured we'll be spending on midfielders this season, is is Curtis Jones happy to be the fifth choice uh, or even the sixth choice in a, in a three-man midfield? Now, he's bound to get plenty of game time in that scenario, but at the same time, um, it does that. how does that sit with him in, in his uh, career outlook? Um, so there are a lot of sort of moving parts in this, but you know, the, as to whether uh, he is good enough to play for us, and and as to whether you're you're well pissed off when you see him on the team sheet, no, not particularly. Um, I think the thing is, he's as I said, he's come in so so much from the cold. It's been a it's been a shock really for a lot of fans. This and and you sort of naturally reach for the idea that he's only playing. Because it's desperate measures. Because you've not seen him all season. And Chief, now, you know, Chief, can I just ask? Brought in. Given what you said about you know the, the injury issues, etc., um, is the fact that he has started the last three games now that he's able to? Is that an indication of how high Klopp rates him? It could be. Do you know what I mean? 
and it's 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 been a bolt from the blue because most of most fans haven't really known that much about his his injury. It's not been well publicised, and um, you know it never really is with with Liverpool injuries. You know, it's it always seems to be a little bit. Um, you know, they're out until they're back, basically. Uh, and you never really quite know how long they're going to be out for and what exactly is wrong with them. So it's not been well publicised at all. So a lot of fans have naturally assumed that he hasn't been deemed good enough, basically. And therefore, when he comes into the team, all of a sudden you sort of think, oh, we're, we're clutching at straws here. But it could be something completely different. It could be that he's been struggling with with fitness and, and, and with um, with injuries. And now perhaps he's he's able to manage them better, or he's getting over them. And you know, Klopp showing his um, showing his faith in him basically by starting him in these games at the business end. But yeah, you you're never quite sure. So let's see. I mean, performance wise, I mentioned earlier, you can see the progress he's he's made just through that run of, of what is it you said three starts. Seems to me seems to me a few more, but. Perhaps it is just a three, but um, the performance against Leeds was 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 as good as anybody's. And um, performance against Arsenal in the in in the second half in particular was um, not too shabby either. So we'll see how, the, how his career develops. Yeah, um, look, I'll nail my colours to the mast. I'm a fan. I think there's a player there, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think he's loads and loads of attributes. Um, Johnny, let's just while we're talking about midfield, um, we have outgoings this season. We have Milner, who will inevitably roll back um, even further from an appearance perspective. Um, Naby's going if he hasn't already left. Haven't seen him in months. <laughs> Don't know. He could be. He, he, he just could be like. I don't know, like in the Maldives or something, just discussing options. Who knows? Chamberlain, again, another one on on decent money. Firmino, there's weights that's going to be chopped off there. Um, I wouldn't expect us to go out and buy a sixth forward, given we spent long enough surviving with three, never mind five. But there's been three kind of Rumours that have gathered a little bit of momentum and credibility over the last couple of days. Um, Mason Mount, Alexis McAllister and Ryan Gravenberch. So, I don't want to go into the Bellingham situation. We did it last week. We don't really know what it means. We've seen this ploy before, but I'm just thinking those are... I don't know a lot about Gravenberch. Probably more defensive of the three, but it's those are players that I want to be linked with. I'm thinking, you know, set Bellingham aside. I'd be comfortable if two of those three players arrived at Anfield in the summer. Yeah, I'd certainly be comfortable if two of those three arrived, but I, do, I still think we need more. Um, I, I still. I think for all the like, I I think Mount's a really good player. I think he could play the eight for a Klopp Liverpool team really well. Like he's got the, you know, he's got the engine. He's got the. He can see a pass. He's 
he'd give us goal, a real goal threat that we haven't had. Um, I, I, I really, I really rate Mount. I mean, where I'm dubious a wee bit on that one is the rumored wage demands. But I think as we were talking again pre-pod, it's probably north of half a million um, a week coming off the wage bill anyway with departures this summer. So I certainly, I think McAllister's a a, a smashing footballer. I mean, anyone who's been watched watched the World Cup, watched Brighton. Um, he's superb. You know, he he can re- he really can pick a pass and and get get into positions between the lines. Um, a really clever footballer. I still think I don't know enough about Gravenberch from what people have said. He was a major major talent, but he's regressed a fair bit in the last couple of years. Hasn't been able to force his way into the team. Questions, maybe a wee bit over attitude and stuff. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know. I don't. I, I don't know enough uh, enough about him. Haven't watched him enough. Certainly, I still find myself going. By all means, I agree with you. Would I like to see two of them three at Anfield? I would. I still think that there's another player at Brighton, Casido, and there's a player. Uh, Ugarte uh, playing at Lisbon, and they for me are they for me are, are really what we need. And that since you know Fabinho hasn't been at the levels that that he was. I mean, there's been shoots of recovery with him, but I think that type of protective um, shield Johnny, can I ask, is, is, is what really you what want? Do you want like a really, really good Momo Sissoko? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I just think we need that. Um I mean your man Ugarte, he he just he almost reminds me of like Kante. He's he's just a ball winning machine like Momo was. Um and and he and he and, he, and he's really good on the ball. I mean, we all know about Casido, you know, he he dominates midfields. I just think I'm I'm not uh, I'm not going to go into the Bellingham thing, but I'm not distraught if we don't sign Bellingham and and earmark that pile of money to get two or three players maybe, and I'm not I'm I'm not worried about that. I just think we need to get the we need to get this right, but we need we need someone that can cover the ground in that midfield with with an, with an engine. That's that's decent on the ball, um, and I think that's dead obvious from watching us. The style of football we want to play, we need someone in midfield that can do that sort of thing. And I think we've been brutally exposed this season. You know, with Fabinho's decline in form, with Gini not being there, you know, with that midfield, we've been we've been cut to ribbons at times. We've looked so open. We looked like there's no protection in front of our back four, and that has to be has to be a priority in the summer. And I'm sure that's that's what they're looking at. But if you ask me now, would, would would it be a really good start to the summer if Mount and uh, McAllister were to sign? I'd say yeah, but it wouldn't be enough. And them two on their own, I don't think would put us into uh, like a title challenge conversation, which is where we want to be. That's that's just my opinion. I don't know what you boys think. Yeah, Chief, what do you think? Um... I don't know. Let me put let me put it this way to you: Is Bellingham and another one enough, 
or is three that isn't Bellingham included enough? Or where do you fall on that kind of argument? Because I, I, I feel, I, I feel, I feel transfer-wise, Chief, that's kind of like from a financial position, that's three. kind of where we are. I think you need three, and I think one of them will probably be Bellingham in the end. But we won't. Right. We won't so that I just want to make it clear here that wasn't one of the options. Right? I know it wasn't, but I don't see, I don't see why, it, why, why it wasn't. Um, but ultimately, you need to absolutely box that position off now for the next for the foreseeable future. So you so you don't even need to be thinking about it for for transfer windows to come. There's um there's a massive clear out coming. I mean we're already short and as it's been mentioned, Naby's off, Milner's off, Ox is off. Um so you've got three more leaving leaving already. Um so you go in there and, and, and you do it right. You know, we haven't spent for how long? Um, we're in the plus. Our net spend is is um, is minimal, so let's go and 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 stock up. That's sort of the way FSG have done it in the past, and I don't see why we we don't go and do that again. Let's go and get the best for the positions. Let's identify them, and if we can't get our top targets, let's make sure we we identify secondary ones which are just as good. You know. The likes of you know we've been lucky like that in the past with the with the likes of Salah. So would I be satisfied with just McAllister and Mount signing? Absolutely not. I'd be fucking devastated if that was if that was that was what we we came up with to solve our our midfield crisis. If you had McAllister, Mount, and Bellingham, then you're then you're talking McAllister, Mount, and Gravenbirds. Maybe I don't know. I'm like you. Haven't really seen much of Grabenberg. Uh, saw him a few times in when he played for Ajax, and he looked like obviously the the next big thing. Um, hasn't had much luck at Bayern. By all accounts, he started off quite well, but um, sort of fell out of favour and and hasn't really been able to get force his way back in. Um, how much that's down to the lifestyle in in Munich for a young lad coming from from Amsterdam? It, it's very very different there um and i'm not sure you know there's bound to be question marks about settling in and and, and adapting and, and things like that um he probably he's probably a player who who suit the premier league and and being in, in england as opposed to somewhere like munich much 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 better anyway um but that remains to be seen as he you know is, is he a project that can be be rescued does it is, is the Oh, you'd imagine the talent's still there, and he's still got all the attributes. So, can we get the best out of him? Well, we've we've done things like that in the past, so so why not? But I think bare minimum you need three, and if one of those can be Bellingham, then then all the better. All right, Johnny. Um, Chief just threw all the rules out the window there, so like like I'm with him. I'm I'm all I'm all into that kind of carry on but yeah we'll see <laughs> um okay so we are nine points off newcastle united in fourth i think are we three or four points off brighton but they two games in hand on us ahead of us we've got villa ahead of us we've got spurs ahead of us um but 
we have some home games coming up. Um, Newcastle have looked a little bit on the ropes. United have shown time and time again this season that they are far from the finished article and when they're bad, they're really, really fucking bad. So, is first of all, two questions. If you could answer both, that would be great. Um, do you think there's an outside chance of top four? Can we? Are we good enough to put a run together? given the games we have, where they are, who we're playing, um, to put enough pressure on the teams above us to maybe give ourselves a chance. And starting with Forrest at home on Saturday, is like it's literally, it's the best fixture you could ask for. They're the worst away team in the league. They've six points away from home all season. So, you know, get three points to the board. If Newcastle potentially lose drop points, it's down to six. And then maybe, you know, maybe people start to think we can do this. Maybe people in some other clubs way up the north think, oh, my God, I'm going to shit my trunks now. What are we going to do? <laughs> can Are we capable of doing it? Yes. We're, we're capable. There is an outside chance. I don't think we will. Um, I don't think we will because I think we've left too much daylight. There's too much daylight between us and too many teams. And yeah, it was an enjoyable backdrop this evening watching Man United out in Seville um, just getting an absolute pace and they were absolutely abysmal. Um, you know, they've got all very excited about themselves this season. I hope Brighton can... Uh, <laughs> Put the final nail into their thoughts of another cup uh, for me to bet. But I, uh, at the weekend, I expect they will because they're, they're just not very good. But yeah, I, we've, it's just frustrating. My opinion of it all is we've left too much to do. Um, for the next five at, are at home. Um, I've, we, I mentioned it briefly, like we were we were talking. Um, we, we, we were talking uh, about the... We, we were talking about the West Ham game and that West Ham game feels like um, there's a lot of background noise there that's me apologies for that okay so here so let me let me put this to you Johnny yeah this, we have talked about this West Ham game a lot pre-pod and I'm not sure when we started recording but let me let me surmise that we beat West Ham 3-0. Yeah. What are your thoughts at that point? Assuming we beat Forrest and beat West Ham. Yeah, don't get, I think that's a big game. I, I think if we win that game, you know, you, you could look at us winning four or five in the bounce, given the home games. And don't get me wrong, that would, that would push you into the conversation. But we're still very reliant on... We're, we're reliant on Newcastle and Man United dropping a lot of points. And I think United will drop points in their next three or four games, but we've got 12 to make up on them. Their last three games in particular look really easy. Newcastle, they've got a lot of home games. They've got some tough games. Their fixtures aren't a gimme. Some of their away games are against teams that are really fighting for their lives. Um, so, But so are ours. So 
I mean, don't get me wrong. My, my heart's saying summer to a couple of seasons ago, we could, um, you know, we could, we could, we could pull something out of the bag here. Um, the problem I have is I haven't seen us any time this season. I'm not in a position where I trust Liverpool uh, still. You know, West Ham might change my mind, but I, I'm not in a position where I trust us. I think we've left too much to do. And I just think hoping that, you know, for the... Like, we basically need United... Well, we need one one of United let's, let's Newcastle's... Let's just take a Newcastle, though. Let's just take Spurs, a Newcastle. Let's forget see, about United. Got, I know, but we've even got Spurs and Brighton to worry about. That's my thing. Like... Like United, realistically, even though I think they'll drop. All them. these teams do. All these teams are playing each other. The Newcastle are playing Brighton. We play Spurs. Newcastle play Spurs. It, I know it, what you're trying to do, Donham. You're trying to get me to very just change tack and go. Yeah, we're totally. Just, of course, I am. Of course, yeah. I think can we do it? Of course, we can. Uh, the potential is there to do it. I don't trust us to do it. I don't trust us to win the amount of games we would. And I think there's a lot of we're we're hoping for a lot. If you ask me to put a percentage on it, I'd say right now, as of this evening, you know, we're recording this on the Thursday night. I think our chances of being in the in the Champions League are about twenty percent. There's probably prediction models out there that have <laughs> that maybe think it's a bit higher than that or whatever. I would put it at about twenty twenty five percent, and I think that's just being realistic. Okay. All right. Um, hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Hope you're laughing at me in a few weeks. Going, me too. You for doubt, more doubter, you're a doubter, not a believer, and all that. I hope you are. But um, yeah, it's just the way this season's gone. I just don't trust them. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just trying to make my life better. Me. You're, you're trying to goad me, goad me into a reaction of we're going to do it. But, yeah, uh, of course I am. Of course I am. Just trying to fill you full of my my light, my my. <laughs> Like just utter <laughs> radiant positivity, right, Johnny? Pick me a team. Uh, for the for Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Forest. I think it's got to be the same team. Yeah, I think. I so mean, too. I mean, we haven't won again. You know, we struggled away against bottom half teams. We've. I know we're playing them a really bottom half team. We're playing them at home, obviously, but. Um, you know, you've just come off the back. Jada's got out of his funk. He gave the ball away 15 times, apparently, in the first uh, half. In the first half. No, not the first half hour. I know, that's what I was going to say, the first half hour. But he got it. And I love Jada, by the way. I hate, I didn't I didn't pipe in earlier when you were talking about that with Chief. I absolutely adore Jada. I thought he was critical last season to getting us to the edge of greatness. It's so many big goals. He's been, he's had a serious injury. It's taken him his time. He's come into a team. And so I'm delighted for him getting them goals. So I, I think same team. I think absolutely same team. I think you'll see changes then. You know, we, we were just talking the next two weeks. We've actually got Sunday, Wednesday. <laughs> you know, we've got proper three game weeks now for the next uh, two weeks. So there will be rotation. But I see no reason after a like Monday five day rest. Same team for me. Same team. I know Chief might want to see Darwin in for Jada, but I think it'd be a bit harsh on Diogo after all this to take him out after two goals. Yeah, nice segue, Johnny. Chief, I was going to say, um, are you and Jürgen going to come to blows again? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the front line's interesting. I mean, obviously, you're not going to drop Jota now after his performance. Um, having, although, bearing in mind, he has, he has, he has played a lot <laughs> since he's come back. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. You're probably not looking at um, at changing that that side. You know, it's put in such a a good performance away from home for the first time this season. So um, you're probably sticking with it. Um, I mean, Forest are going to sit deep, so there's not going to be much space for for Darwin in behind. They do need something out of the game, of course, but you know the, the chances are they'll they'll probably have written it off. And they'll probably be looking at you know other games where they're they're earmarked sort of points against against teams that are sort of in and around them. Um, yeah, I mean, you you loathe to tinker with a side that's that's just won six one. Um, obviously, the back five picks itself anyway, and um, you know the midfield three played well. And as we said, you don't have many options. Do you bring Thiago back in? You know, has he played his sort of had his couple of half hour or twenty minute cameos, and you know, is he ready to start again? And if so, sort of who drops out? That's maybe a question. Um, but up front against a team that's gonna sit, you know, is gonna sit very deep most likely. Do you really, you know, do you do you, do you massively benefit by by starting with Darwin's pace, or do you sort of? Keeping back to the second half, I mean, with such strength and depth now, as I mentioned earlier, with all the players sort of almost a fully fit squad now for the first time in in as long as I can remember, um, the options of of the bench are frightening. So, um, yeah, I think think you do go same team. Why not? Yeah, why not indeed. Okay, Johnny, score prediction. I know I need I need to come off on you. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one. Ooh, chief. Yeah, I'm gonna go even bolder. I think we can we can turn them over. Uh, Forests are are awful away from home, and uh, you know, assuming we get one, we could get five. So I'm I'm gonna go with five. <laughs> okay, I'm going three 0 We have our compatriot, the 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 Dutch Turk Beryl Akis, making a pilgrimage to Anfield. So we wish him all the best, and we hope that Chief is right for him more than anything else in the world. So, last and can we just sure. say we we hope it cheers him up a bit? Hopefully, Liverpool get a resounding win because I know Beryl will be gutted that. Uh, Feyenoord, his beloved Feyenoord went out of Europe tonight at the hands of uh, not his favourite person, Jose Mourinho. Took it the extra time, but Roma just were too strong for them. So I hope Burl the Reds can cheer you up at Anfield at the weekend. And Johnny, I'm sure he's absolutely delighted that you took 30 seconds to mention that for him at the end of this. (laughs) You know, I've got to do the man there. I've got to give him the Gotta give him his place, you know. Can't be yeah. overseeing his uh, his footballing struggles with his Dutch yeah. with his Dutch side. 
I'm sure that will I'm sure that will help him on his recovery after that absolutely devastating defeat. Because that's exactly what he wants, is just to be reminded of that at every possible turn. Um all right, yeah. Beryl, all the best. Good luck with you. Um until next time, uh up the top four reds. <laughs>